0: Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: And welcome, everybody, to today's episode. Josh, how much time have you spent in the north of England? In the north of England? Specifically Yorkshire. We're, we're heading oh. to, south, uh, to western Yorkshire today.
1: Uh, I went to York a few years ago, and no, Bath's the Wales direction, isn't it? York. Is York, York in... North,
2: up north, yeah, up north.
1: I think that's the only place I've spent a lot of time
2: in York. Well, that's close to where we're going today. <laughs> uh, see, in uh, West Yorkshire, there is a town called Pontifract. Ah, I always thought Pontefract was Welsh. It's because a lot of Welsh names start with Pont. I always get it confused uh... as well. But Pontefract is actually up in Yorkshire, north of England, and if you were to drive around Pontefract, you might somehow casually end up inside a housing estate, mm-hmm. and you might end up on a street called East Drive. At the end of East Drive is a semi-detached house. It doesn't have a name. It just has a number, number 30. If you were to drive past it, no one would blame you for not giving it a second glance because it is completely unremarkable. It looks like every other house in the area. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't pick it out especially for any other reason other than you know that it houses the most violent poltergeist in Europe, possibly even the world. The whole of Europe? Yes. That's a... Big accolade. It's it's a big claim to make. Oh, now, hit the every week. Um, <laughs> now, one of our most popular downloads and one of our most popular YouTube videos, obviously at the top mostly are the time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just underneath that is, was this Britain's most haunted house when well, we did Bawley Rectory? Oh, uh, yes. And we debunked it. <laughs> yeah, the old
1: pebble pocket.
2: So I guess probably quite a lot of people are disappointed by that episode. Mm. This one, I don't think they're going to be disappointed by. Oh, that's what we like to This hear. house gives me the creeps. Yeah. I've watched multiple uh, psych- uh, paranormal investigations <laughs> on the house. <laughs> All yesterday I was watching YouTube videos of people <laughs> going around it. And the activity there is phenomenal. Oh, there's a buzz about. And the thing is, it wasn't always so. No? No. Apparently, it all just kind of started one day in 1966, in August of 1966, when the Pritchard family moved in. The Pritchard family consisted of Gene and Joe, who were the mother and father, Mm -hmm. and they had a 15-year-old son called Philip and a 12-year-old, daughter called diane okay and almost immediately once they'd moved in things started happening particularly like they would moved in in the august and on the august bank holiday uh gene and joe took diane away for the weekend philip was left under the supervision of his aunt and that weekend a fine layer of chalk like dust appeared below the ceiling and started settling on all the furniture so the aunt, obviously, wanted to just clean it up. They didn't think much of it at the time. Mm-hmm. Walked into the kitchen to get some stuff to clean up the dust and slipped on a puddle. So she thought, well, she was there, she'd grab a mop and towels and stuff and tried cleaning up this puddle of water. But as she was cleaning it up, in front of their eyes, more puddles of water were forming. And they just could not, no matter how hard they tried, Mop up these puddles of water. They just kept appearing. Well, just from underneath the ground, just <laughs> rising. Apparently so. That's it so was weird. No cause. But that was just the start of it. Um, this was, in my notes, I've written, this was followed by years of torment. And I do mean years
1: mm. of torment.
2: And the, you, if you imagine, you pick an, a poltergeist activity that you've heard of ever, yeah. it will have happened in this house. Scratches. Scratches have happened. Getting pushed. Getting pushed down the stairs. Oh, right. That's a bit violent. <laughs> yeah. 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 Scratch. Okay. So I've got a little list here. Uh, green foam would come out of the taps like this, and slimy stuff that they actually sent for analysis. Scientists couldn't figure out what it was. Okay. That's whether it was an animal matter or plant matter or what. Um but even like the water was switched off and this stuff would still come out of the taps. Oh. That's like Ghostbusters. Yeah. Guy, <laughs> right. Uh, lights randomly turning off and on, bumps, oh, bangs, yeah. knocking, doors opening, doors closing, that sort of thing. Lampshades swinging, that's always a popular yeah. one. Um pictures falling out of place, whether they were on top of the TV or on the wall, they'd fall. The glass yeah. would smash, and uh, that from an was reported that the pictures appeared that they'd been slashed with a sharp knife. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Plants would jump out of their pots and land on the stairs. Even they were scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were many, many accounts of objects, household objects, levitating and floating on their own. Wow. Okay. Lots of things being thrown about. even a solid oak sideboard. Was that. literally hurled across the room.
1: So you've got to have some strength behind that.
2: Yeah, well. that's a heavy object. Mm, this poltergeist isn't messing around. No, no, he's certainly not. And to, to to prove that he is literally the most violent. Right? Have you ever heard of a ghost actually physically attacking someone?
1: Uh, apart from scratches or like throwing things, not not, not very really, not no. very
2: often. This one would slap people around the face <laughs> with an unseen hand. Capiche? <laughs> there was there was a film made about Thirty East Drive, and it was called When the Lights Went Out. Yes. Uh, obviously, they changed the names, but a lot of the events that they portrayed in the film did happen. They, one of the people got slapped in the film was a reporter that they called in because they wanted to try and publish it in a newspaper. And he was first like, well, there's no ghost here, there's no story. Right. Went to let himself out the front door, felt a little tug on his shoulder, and he's like, no, really, I'm not going to do any slap. <laughs> <laughs> and he stood there in an empty hallway thinking, well, what the hell? Just happened now. I don't know if that was the true case, but there have actually been reportings of people being slapped around the face. That is quality.
1: I imagine that, like, oh, what a lovely hard day of work! Oh, time to go home to my wife and kids. And slap, slap.
2: <laughs>
1: you ain't leaving here,
2: mate. Without my approval, <laughs> so again, like, 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 I said before, uh, people were pushed down the stairs. Um, walls would apparently seep. it says on the website that walls would seep with holy water. I don't know how they actually identify it as holy water. So let's just say they would seep with water. Oh, that's easy. As it comes out the wall, you just hear a... (laughs) (laughs) But the power of Christ (laughs) compels you. (laughs) Um, One day, apparently, I think a neighbour had come round to see Gene the uh, the mother mm-hmm. and shouted upstairs oh do you want a cup of tea and she was like yeah yeah go ahead put the kettle on and just as she turned to walk away from the stairs the grandmother clock that was on the landing at the top of the stairs toppled over slid down the stairs and smashed to smithereens at the bottom
1: okay so possibly annoyed that he wasn't offered a cup of tea or she maybe maybe he was just trying to say it's not tea time <laughs> I don't know <laughs> That's interesting because, uh, well, everyone knows grandfather clocks aren't
2: cheap, are they? They're uh, quite big hefty. But it's, not, it's a grandmother clock. Okay. It's like a grandfather clock, but it's slightly smaller. Okay. Like the yeah. grandfather clock, you generally have that long sort of column where all the, the, the swingy things hang. Uh, yeah, hang, yeah. And then the clock itself is, is quite a lot wider and bigger and chunkier, isn't it? Yes. The grandmother clock tends to be sort of round about the same size all the way up. It's not quite such a a chunky head on it. Fair play. Um, uh, But I believe the current owner of the house, in some of the videos that I've watched on YouTube, there is now a grandmother clock back in that place at the top of the stairs. And that is just tempting fate, isn't it?
1: That's risky business.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is. Another uh, one of the events in the film was Jean, the mother, was attacked by a swarm of bees when she opened a wardrobe, and apparently that did actually happen. Oh, wow! So this poltergeist is
1: not just using his own or her own kind of uh, mystical powers; they're getting other species to attack
2: people. Yeah. So. Kind of br- I suppose she- if you're a, a, a spiritual being, it's not really a problem to pluck a bee's hive from a tree or something yeah. and plant it in someone's wardrobe. Is yeah, it? Sure. You're not going to get stung yourself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be awful, though,
2: especially if you're allergic to bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the film, she—I don't think she didn't look like she was allergic, but it did leave us yeah. quite a blotchy face. I can imagine there's some quite horrendous injuries.
1: Because at the moment, sorry to interrupt you again, but at the moment, it sounds like. It's a little bit violent, but it, I'm getting the impression, a bit of a prankster, you know.
2: Yes, uh, very much a prankster. Not all of the uh, the, the activity was really malicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says on a website you can go to 30eastdrive.com and yeah. check and get sort of a summary of the story. Um, but it, it, so the, the family called this ghost Fred as sort of a nickname to try and normalise him a little bit, you know. Uh, And Fred, apparently, one day, when the kids were being looked after by an aunt, a sceptical aunt, Mm. Fred decided to prove that he was a a real thing by removing a jug of milk from the fridge and pouring it over her head, which left the kids in hysterics. (laughs) This is insane already. It's nuts, isn't it? But it does have a darker side as well and this happened to all of them obviously Jean getting attacked by the bees mm. joe the father one day went in the coal shed because they got a little coal shed next to the back door presumably to get some coal as he was in there the door slammed shut he couldn't get it open he thought someone had locked him in so he's yelling and shouting, and then he realizes that he's not alone in there, and he feels his presence
1: ooh, ooh. from the back
2: of the. Now, this is a dark culture; there's no light in there.
1: Pitch black.
2: Pitch black. He says at the far end of the there's a even blacker shape, and it's coming towards him. That's terrifying. And he, yeah, he's freaking out, and just before this figure actually gets to him, the door opens, and he manages to get, escape. But. All his family and the neighbours said he was a changed man after that. Yeah. It really frightened him to the core.
1: Yeah, and imagine what would have happened if it did get to him, like the door didn't open. Who knows? Who knows?
2: And Diane, the youngest, Mm -hmm. she was often very much a focal point of this poltergeist activity. She'd be harassed in bed at night, um... Uh, And it really liked her because what happened was an amateur historian took upon himself to actually investigate where this paranormal phenomenon was coming from. And he traced it back to a monk back in the times of Henry VIII that had been accused of raping young girls, Mm. brutalizing them. And he was hanged for his crimes. Right. And now, the poltergeist that is in 30 East Drive is known as the Black Monk. Mm. Yes. I've heard of the Black
1: Monk before. Yeah.
2: And this Black Monk really took a shine to Diane, possibly because he got a bit of a penchant for young girls. Yeah. And this culminated in a brutal attack on Diane. One day, she was she said she stood there at the bottom of the stairs and all her hair stood on end and suddenly she was violently dragged up the stairs by her throat, kicking and screaming.
1: Up the stairs? Up
2: the stairs.
1: Jeez.
2: Into a bedroom, I believe. By the time her parents and and whatnot managed to get to her, calm her down, make sure she was all right, there was visible bruising in handprints on her throat. Well, you wouldn't want to sleep there that night. No, <laughs> and even though, like Joe, apparently died in in the house, they did. They they were determined not to move out. Well, I think Joe at one point wanted to move, but Jean said, "No, I'm not giving up my home. Mm. It's got to go rather than me." So Joe ended up dying there, and it wasn't until a few years later that Jean finally subsided and moved out. Yeah, and that was around about the same time the film was made in 2012. Uh if you want to check out the, the film, I watched it on Amazon Prime yesterday. It's only got an IMDb rating of 5.3. It's not the greatest film. It's not bad. A lot of it's very dark. You can't really see what's going on in it, which I figure when the lights went out, it's going to be pretty dark in there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Diane, once she'd grown up, and moved out of home, apparently any time she went back to the house to visit her mum, she would refused to go anywhere near her old bedroom.
1: Mm, okay.
2: So maybe so more a activity. lot of psychological trauma as well mm-hmm. as like the physical trauma that happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I say, um, the, the film, When the Lights Went Out, was made in 2012, and... One of the creators of the film, uh, I think he was the producer or executive producer, Bill Bungay, (laughs) because they didn't use the real house in that film. Oh, they didn't? No, no, they didn't. Um, It looked very similar, Mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't use the real place. But shortly afterwards, Bill Bungay found that the actual house, 30 East Drive, that he had just created a film about was up for sale, and it was cheap. So he bought it. Right. And he owns it to this day. But I'm guessing he doesn't live there. He does not live there, and he will not stay there overnight. (laughs) Wow. Which, I mean, he says on the website, when he bought the place, he was still very much a sceptic. And it was quite a long time before things actually started happening to him when he was there. But things did happen to him. So even
1: sceptics are Uh saying there's stuff going on here. Oh yeah, so there's got to be truth behind. It. Yeah. And before we get any further, am I right in thinking you said in 1966? So they lived in that house for like four years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So she really didn't
2: want to give the, up her the house. film. This is another thing that I like to point out. Actually, is the film when the lights went out would have you believe that one Philip didn't exist. It was a, just a three person family. Oh, okay. They, they changed the names, the identities, obviously. Um. But the, they the film also states that this all happened in nineteen seventy four when the blackouts were happening when they used to get like lots of power cuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. That is really not true. This it started in 1966 and continued for years and years and years. I mean, yeah, it probably stuff did happen in 1974. I'm not saying that, that, it, that it didn't happen, but mm. it wasn't all in 1974 as the film would have you believe.
1: Yeah, it's just years
2: and years of
1: random activity and stuff. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, like I say, Bill Bungate now owns it. He, I think, runs the website. I think he gets the next door neighbor. To manage the property, make sure it's clean enough for visitors and stuff like that. I did hear a rumour that Airbnb, you could book it as like a hotel. No way. I checked Airbnb and I can't find it on there. I'm not saying that it's not on there, but I couldn't find it.
1: Oh, man. That's the kind of place where I'd want to go check it out. I wouldn't want to stay overnight. No, but but you
2: can book a visit to the East Drive thro- through the website. All right. <laughs> if if you wanted to, which obviously a lot of paranormal researchers have ever since Most Haunted went there in 2015. Obviously, they heard about the place and the story from the, when, the light, when the lights went out, the film, mm-hmm. which brought the, the house into sort of the forefront. Then Most Haunted went there and it then got a massive reputation yeah they visited they they it actually spanned several episodes when they went there
1: i remember watching it
2: so much how it was season 17 episodes one and two episode one was mostly just them during the daytime doing their setups and and stuff like that because they literally couldn't even get through the introduction and getting like b-roll shots and stuff yeah without stuff happening
1: um, am I right in thinking that's the one with the knife and the sofa? Yes,
2: you yeah. are. Yes, Sorry, you are. No, no, no. Head. That's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, they couldn't even complete getting their B-roll shots, as they were just sort of um, taking mm. shots of the, the individual bedrooms and stuff. There's a, there's a shot where they're panning around the room, and then back again to the towards the bed. And as they as the, the camera comes back to the bed, a, a wooden cross falls off the windowsill onto the bed and I think it's Stuart who's the cameraman at the time, and he's like, what the hell? And he like walks over to him, and he picks it up, and he's like, looking around, how the hell did that happen, sort of thing. Um, they, uh, they also, while they were filming the introduction, Yvette was stood at the top of the stairs, where the grandmother clock had fallen from. Mm-hmm. The cameraman was moving up the stairs, and the, the rest of the crew were behind the cameraman. As... Yvette is finishing her initial speech, which is only a couple of sentences long. A marble appeared from the corner of the room, flew across the hallway, hits Carl on the shoulder, and then has rebounded to a door frame and just landed. And they're all like, Did you see that? Whoa! And all this uh, it kicks on. They're all like really excited. Oh, this is going to be a good one. And I tell you what, that mood does not last. No. No. So again, it goes from kind of pranks to like, I'm
1: guessing more. Violent. Yeah.
2: Yeah. um, uh, Yeah, as the night goes on, as the episode goes on. Uh Obviously, like the first episode, like I say, is mostly just them setting up, and, uh, 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 and like the no- knife in the sofa ha- then happens just a couple of minutes after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Carl and Yvette were like upstairs in the in the bedrooms, mm. just doing initial sort of walk around and look about, and they were placing locked off cameras and and objects, interactable objects. Uh, now, one lot was a circle of ping pong balls on the floor of one of the bedrooms. Okay. Um, Which when they left, when they left upstairs and went back downstairs and left the locked off cameras running over the course of over an hour, you can see these ping pong balls moving by themselves across the floor several at a time. And then an hour later, it was back the other way.
1: Just moving around, yeah. And
2: there's also like a shadow in the doorway that just appears there that you can see.
1: A shadow, as A well. shadow, yeah.
2: And and as they were taking their initial shots of the outside of the house and the upstairs bedroom window, you can see a dark figure stood in the middle of the window, oh. and the curtains are flapping even though the the windows are closed. And every all the crew and everyone are outside of the house. There's definitely nobody upstairs in that room i'm
1: getting goosebumps talking about it,
2: it this is a creepy one and yeah uh, it's a creep. we always say uh, for our little mantra paranormality uk sometimes creepy often funny always entertaining this is gonna be one of them creepier episodes <laughs> i'm afraid so if you are squeamish at home or you know you get frightened easily maybe you want to skip this one <laughs> i should have said that at the start <laughs> Carl even says, like, not that far into the first episode, I'm going to quote him, he says, I've never been to another location where I feel quite as uncomfortable during the daytime as much as I do at night. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And that's something for him to say that, because Carl and Stuart on Most Haunted, uh, for everybody at home who's never seen it, they are the... The indomitable ones, aren't they? They, they're brave. They are just, yeah, they're not scared of anything. Or I think I believe the the crew of most haunted have like uh, blessings and uh, protection spells put on them. Carl and Stuart admit they never get that, <laughs> so they want the full frontal assault, and they really do get that in this yeah. episode.
1: I remember seeing an episode with Carl and a door slams behind him, and he actually turns around and runs and tries to, like,
2: confront... Oh, yeah, it is. yeah. And,
1: like, he's not scared at well,
2: all. Well, at the end of, the f- of part one of this one, he is the first person to venture into the upstairs in the house on his own when the lights go out. <laughs> he doesn't last much longer than five minutes. Really? Yeah, honestly. He absolutely oh, man. wets himself and runs downstairs and says, no, I'm not doing that again. And from that point on, nobody on the crew ventures anywhere on their own so they make a decision that yeah no it's all going in group, groups of three no one goes on their own mm, except safe. in the second episode where carl and Stuart obviously again team up together and they go upstairs and get, get attacked and whatnot um carl uh, there is one point in the episode where everybody in one of the bedrooms uh, all three members of the crew Uh, say that they feel like they're being drained, they've got no energy, they feel tired and like they're being drained, and then suddenly Carl just collapses. He's unconscious, and everybody comes to help him, and he's like that for, you know, five or ten minutes. Uh, Eventually he does come round and they're all right again. But, I mean, that is just one of the ways that this this poltergeist just attacks you, Mm -hmm. just by sapping your energy. That's nuts as
1: well, thinking about that.
2: Later on in the episode... Carl and Stuart are downstairs. I think, oh, oh, it might be when they were upstairs, actually. Yeah, when they were upstairs on their own. Everybody else is downstairs. And simultaneously, they both get a burning sensation in their arms. They all both cry out, screaming in pain. And when the rest of the crew come up to find them, see if they're all right, they turn the lights on, and you can see like a rope burn going around their arm, and the skin is hot to the touch it's getting redder and redder and the, the actual burn itself is getting shinier and shinier they show pictures in the coming days and weeks of how bad that injury actually gets it really is like almost yeah. like a third degree burn on their arm both of them get it and these people the Pritchards lived there for like four for years years and years yeah of all this stuff happening, and like that wasn't the only time they get attacked. Carl and Stuart as well. For later on in the episode, they go da- back downstairs. They're in the lounge. Uh, Carl gets hit in the head by a picture frame, <laughs> and Stuart by this chunky set of freaking iron keys. Oh, I remember the keys from the highlights. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so, not pretty much out like, cold yeah, by his keys. It
1: proper hurts him. Well,
2: oh, it does. Yeah, and you, I think and it, the cameras don't they they pick it up
1: where it comes out of shot. And it is a clear sh- like throw to the head.
2: You don't see uh, it, but I, I think it was actually uh, it, I think it it's Stuart's camera that you're watching it at the time, and normally he just, just drops it. Oh, I was just on the floor. He's screaming, and then it goes to Carl. It, it changes to Carl's camera, and he turns around and sees Stuart on the floor, and he's like, "Oh, you're right, mate. You're right, dude." And then everybody else comes in. But I'm sure, I'm sure there was a bit with the camera where it. Not you don't get the
1: where it came from, but I'm sure you see the final bit where it hits him in the head. No,
2: I, I didn't see that yesterday no. when I watched the episode. You you were looking through think... Stuart's camera, and he I think he hears a noise in the ceiling, and he pans up, and then suddenly just goes ah, and the camera falls on the floor, and then it changes to Carl's shot, and he oh. turns around to look at Stuart. So you don't actually see those keys make contact, but. And it's not until everybody else is in the room and they've got the lights on that they actually find the key, the set of keys right next to where Stuart's sitting on the living room floor. And they're like, well, where did these come from? They were in the kitchen.
1: In the kitchen? From so the kitchen.
2: through to a different room? Yeah. Is it a knife that gets thrown? A knife doesn't get thrown, but it, it does get planted upright, sharp pointy end upwards between two sofa cushions. Maybe in the uh, live episode, which was... Uh, It was episode three of season 17. Maybe in that episode. I didn't watch that one yesterday, but that might be where your knife gets thrown. Either
1: I've got a different episode in my mind.
2: It could be because they did a live Halloween special at the East Drive. That was episode three in season 17. So maybe I didn't watch that one yesterday, so I can't confirm or deny that that happened. But if if you say it did, maybe it did. I know that there was a different location that they did. Mm. A lot of knives were thrown. I'm probably thinking of that. Today, Might actually. have been, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: but either way, a hefty but, set of keys thrown at your head. Yeah,
2: and to be fair, shortly after that, because like, the whole crew are like, visually disturbed, visibly yeah. like, traumatised by this point. None of them want to flee in terror, but mm. they're all in agreement that they don't want anything really bad to happen to them. and that they've probably documented enough even the team skeptic ends up saying i think yes there is an energy here and it's not going to dissipate anytime soon yeah we probably would be better off getting out of here now Mm -hmm. he's just a skeptic that's the only time i've ever known him to say that
1: yeah, because most of the time, isn't he the guy that's like, oh, there might be some wind in the raft? Yeah, and- it could be this, it could be that,
2: could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that that was uh, Most haunted, uh night there. They, I don't think they'd enjoyed it. Carl even said, even though they do go back for the live Halloween event, Carl even said, I never want to set foot in this house again. Yeah, I don't blame him. (laughs) I would not want to spend the night there. No, but obviously the house is open to paranormal investigators, and they say at the end of the episode, we know that people are going to follow us here. If you do, please be safe. Mm. Take care, take precautions. And almost every single paranormal investigation team that has ever visited 30 East Drive since then has not come away empty handed they have had experiences
1: there's got to be something there. like
2: I say even the house owner who was originally skeptic now very rarely actually ventures to the house
1: yeah it's odd it's always odd to me that um so like the the black monk if it is his spirit mm-hmm. he's from the era of uh, the King King Henry VIII? Henry Eighth, yeah.
2: So 1500s, maybe, maybe early 1600s. So
1: is it possible that the house would be the same layout or like similar? Uh,
2: the house wouldn't have inv- been around been back around. then. No, it's proposed that the house is on the location where the gallows would have been set up that hung him.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense.
2: Yeah, that would... Uh... So it's near the outskirts of town, on the opposite side from the monastery where he would have come from. Because I imagine... oh, Also, actually, yeah. Uh, during the first episode, because obviously we know him now as Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is only one account because this is the most haunted account. But they used like a piece of paper with an alphabet on it and numbers one to nine, and they said that this is the first time it's ever worked. They literally point to letters to, to create a sentence. Every time that they get to a letter that the ghost wants to. Given their message, it makes a, a tapping noise, <laughs> and they spell out that his name is Carl Anthony. Okay. He was fifty-two years old, died in the year sixteen thirty-three, and he claims to be a priest, not a monk. But I guess
1: mm, tomatoes, he's still tomatoes.
2: a ne- member of the clergy, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next door neighbour kind of disagrees. In a different uh, uh, YouTube video that I watched last night by Ghost Dimension, um, she, the next door neighbour that goes around cleaning the place, mm-hmm. she says that the the monk is not the evil spirit; he's actually all right, and he, his name is Michael apparently. But he did have a horrible brother called Simon that is possibly there in tandem with him. Mm-hmm. And then the presenters of Ghost Dimension asked, "Well, do you think that it's it's a demon that is a separate entity?" that is terrorising the house. And she said, well, you say that, not me. You know? <laughs> so she didn't confirm or deny that. But that So there's several different accounts of who this black monk could be and whether he is actually the evil entity. Mm-hmm. Now, there are, on the website, 30EastDrive.com, genuinely untampered photos from people's investigations. He won't put photos on the website, if it's apparent that they've already been run through Photoshop or any kind of editing software, it has to be direct from the camera um, with the metadata, the original metadata on it, and then he'll display it on the website. So if you want to look at pictures of found from 30 East Drive, there are some on the website that you know are 100% genuine. Mm. Some of them are scary. The one with the rosary beads. I don't think that one is on the, the no. website, but there are a lot, hundreds and hundreds of pictures on Google. If you search the Black Monk 30th East Drive and go through yeah. Google images, yes, the rosary beads one, where it's just his hands yeah. appear and they're holding rosary and that's beads. And
1: kind of like a smoky thing. Yeah,
2: there's so many of those where you just see a black apparition. Not necessarily, you couldn't necessarily say it was a monk, but yeah. definitely like an upright figure. Oof. There are lots of them. I will, uh, I will probably find some for the video version of this podcast, um, which is obviously one of the good things that we can do on YouTube uh, is so that people don't have to go and look for themselves. Obviously, the audio yeah. crew will have to go and look for themselves unless they want to transfer to YouTube for this episode. Um, Google that at your own peril. Again, yeah. if you are not got a very strong stomach, I probably wouldn't because some of those photos are terrifying they really are i've seen some before and yeah they are um but yeah uh that is pretty much my take on Thirty east drive and the black monk yeah, yeah i can't debunk this one every this house properly gives me the creep i only have to look at pictures of the outside of it and i don't know what it is about it because it's an unremarkable house you know, it's not an imposing place to look at, but just the mere sight of it gives me the trembles. Yeah. And it's the, the bit you said about outside
1: as well, having a little coal shed. Yeah. So for that to be haunted,
2: this this guys, this black monk. Oh, the coal shed is kind of, it, it, it's, it's an annex on the side of the house. It's not, it's, oh, sorry, it's not completely separate from the house. You can get to the coal shed from inside the house. It's next to the back door, I believe.
1: Yeah. That sounded like the black monk gave you a slap. Then it did yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I imagine he's got coal and wood and stuff in that yeah. little shed, and he's gone out there and got stuck. But that's that's the interesting thing about like poltergeists is because you you see it in most haunted. You see it on other ghost uh, adventures and things like that. Yeah, where there's nothing actually locking the door. It's almost like no. something is pressing it. Just right. stopping it
2: from being opened,
1: yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's there's, there's no lock, and then all of
2: a sudden it opens with ease, and you're like, well, "Why mm. was it stuck in the first place?" Well, I think probably mm. the scariest aspect about this house is the fact that it's not an old monastery, it's not mm. a castle, it's not a prison. It's you know, it's a normal house. Eighty percent of the population would have grown up in a house that looks just like this. Yeah, yeah. It could be your house. It could be my house. It could be anybody's
1: house. Well, my house is quite small, so I think I've only got room for like half a ghost, something like that. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, But yeah, I mean, and it shows that like nothing was ever reported before 1966. It just turned on. It could just turn on anywhere. It makes it it? quite eerie, doesn't it? The fact that it's a normal house and just happened. Yeah. But uh, like, there's nothing that I've ever watched that would. Given me the idea that I could debunk this place. The Black Monk. I I one hundred percent believe in this. Mm. So as we go into the paranormality rating now, I'm not even looking below nine. Yeah, I, think I that's believed fair. in this thing.
1: Okay, so are you giving it? Are you giving it more than a nine? I, I think
2: I'm going to give it a nine point six. Nine point six. Yeah, okay. one of the highest ratings we've ever had.
1: Now, I remember seeing parts of this but then as you said with if if i've got the camera angle right i don't know if i've maybe watched part three and not part one and two i can't remember but i definitely have seen some of this stuff with you back in the day yeah yeah
2: we used to sit in the shed at work and watch
1: <laughs> Yeah, and watched, bits of this and episode. i'm sure this came up so i kind of want to go back and watch episodes one and two of most haunted again do
2: it yeah you can, uh, you can watch it uh officially i think on apple player yeah uh but there have been some naughty people who have uploaded it to youtube obviously it's not their content (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. you know that's what i watched it on yesterday in fairness Uh, i think it was called horror channel or something like that where they've taken various people's Mm. um episodes and just uploaded it as for their own i don't don't know if they get monetization for that but you know that's not my problem
1: i don't want to watch it on my own though i'm too scared you can watch it with your wife uh, I don't know. She'd probably get more scared than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, actually. I think I'm more of the scared one. <laughs> Either way, I feel like I need to give it a proper watch. But I do know some parts of it, um, and I remember seeing highlights of that episode. So I am in agreement with you. I think I'm going to give it a 9.4. Nine point four, yeah. yeah. I remember wow. I specifically remember seeing some photos that creeped me out more than the, the more the than the episode did, yeah. And I specifically remember there was a girl that just went there expecting not to catch anything. Like us, she just kind of heard about the story of these yeah, yeah. drive. And I remember she had a Polaroid camera mm-hmm. and that's what made it more creepy for me was it was a a, a picture of the Polaroid she took, and obviously you can't, you can't really that, edit no, Polaroid no. And it was her at the top of the stairs looking down. I'm getting goosebumps.
2: Oh, the really dark shadow
1: on the stairs. And you can kind of see like a right arm kind Mm. of going around the stairs. And it's like a little bit smoky. But it's almost as if, He's like, "Why I ordered? You yeah, know, yeah. I'm kind of making a fist." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it just it, that image always kind of sat with me. So it is very creepy. So a, a lot of before. the
2: images, if if you do at home, go and look for these images. They are going to stay with you, and they yes. will play on your yeah, mind for a while. So just beware of that. Yeah. If you're going to go in and research this for yourself at home. It probably is going to creep you out. I will confirm, I told you about this earlier, um, but as I was watching one episode of a, a, an investigation into 30 East Drive last night. It was around about nine o'clock, just as it started getting dark. Girlfriend had just gone to bed, and it was a particularly tense moment where the, the investigators, whichever one it was, I think it was Ghost Dimension, had like asked a question. And, and, and you just kind of really listening out to see if you could hear any knocks or one. And a pigeon landed on my conservatory roof. Man, I nearly fell off my sofa. <laughs> 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 Bad timing. Properly <laughs> creeped me out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you be prepared for that kind of thing. If you're going to go mm. down this route and research it for yourself, it is a very genuine, genuinely creepy place.
1: Yeah, yeah. So our average is a 9.5 then. 9.5. Yeah,
2: well done. You did the math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: that was an easy one. Wasn't it? <laughs> it
2: wasn't too hard, was it?
1: <laughs> That's the highest score we've had. Uh, might sure. be. Might be. Yeah. Well, I'm a believer.
2: I, I'm definitely one. a believer in this play. Obviously, you know, I believe in poltergeist activity anyway. I haven't experienced it myself. But mm. this house is one that I would not I wouldn't want to spend more than just five minutes in. Be, I probably wouldn't even walk through the door. Yeah. I'd like to Uh, go there, stand on the street outside it, and go, yeah, that's close enough. There (laughs) there goes my idea for maybe, like, the 500th episode of... uh, Oh, right. No. (laughs) You can go there, if you like. Yeah. All right. But anyway, you at home, if you can think of a poltergeist more violent than this, and hats off to you because I really do believe that this is the most violent poltergeist activity in the world. Mm -hmm. Obviously, as always, you can write in with your own stories. If you think you've got a more violent one in your house, let us know. I want to know about that. And uh, yeah, you can obviously always like, subscribe, comment, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, YouTube has actually... Just last week announced that uh, podcast channels are gonna be going live on YouTube music, which is an app that I guess is is available or will be available soon. We've already signed up as a YouTube podcast, okay, so if you enjoy listening to us on YouTube but don't like to y- use your eyes <laughs> 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 you've got that you will have that option from June uh which won't be too long after the release of this episode so Go ahead and look into us on there if you like. And until then, I've been Pirate. I'm Josh. This has been Paranormality UK. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.
1: I feel scared.